Throw it up, throw it up. Watch it all fall out. Throw it up, throw it up. That's how we ball out. Hello, and welcome to Reasons for Rose podcast. We are so happy to have you here for episode number four. Reasons for Rose is a place where we discuss all things culture, lifestyle, and relationships. My name is T-Bells, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lauren. What are we talking about today? Well, the first thing I wanted to do was to bring up last week's episode, episode three. Um, I know that it it's a little bit controversial, and it doesn't <laughs> help that Cardi B released her new song, Up. Mm-hmm. And she touches on on some of the topics that we touched on last week. Mm. <laughs> I do want to say that we will be addressing some of the questions, some of the controversy that was brought up in that episode. But we're hoping to have a male's perspective added to that. So all the men that, you know, weren't too happy with some of the things that were mm. said. You Feel will get- away. <laughs> you will get your chance to voice your opinion okay so you hit us up if you want to um get that chance to to join us and and have that discussion but today we are moving on to something else a different topic for today that's right guys today we're going to be talking about social media thirst trapping micro cheating lots to get into with this topic we have lots of challenges all over instagram and tiktok we have silhouette challenge busted challenge so sit tight and grab a drink so we can get right into this tea and get into our opinions and let us know what you think of the topics as you always do we do listen to the feedback please feel free to let us know what you're thinking and if you have any topics in mind that you feel would be something worthwhile to talk about on the episodes let us know we're always open for that as a podcast And we're going to get right into today's topic. So topic for today, essentially, is going to be all social media, everything social media. We're going to start with a very quick definition. This one's from Urban Dictionary, but I mean, why not? Because it's an urban social media phrase that everyone's using and it's very contemporary. So what's a thirst trap? Before I give you the definition, T, what do you consider a thirst trap to be? A thirst trap would be when you are putting out content to get a certain reaction. And the reaction is kind of, uh, most of the time, uh, some type of sexual positive response. That's my guess. (laughs) That's my guess. (laughs) Yes, a sexual positive response. All right. So. I feel like, you know, it's it's along the same lines. My opinion of a thirst trap is someone who is looking to garner attention from the opposite sex for their ego. That's what I would have thought. This isn't an official definition, but according to Urban Dictionary, a thirst trap is a sexy photograph or flirty message posted on social media with the intent of causing others to publicly profess their attraction, not actually to respond or to satisfy those reactions though but just to feed the poster's ego or need for attention at the expense of the time reputation and sexual frustration of those who view the image and reply so with that being said so hold on a second so it's only Mm -hmm. it's only a thirst trap if your Mm -hmm. audience is frustrated that they can't (laughs) 
make it a reality, their lust for you. <laughs> I mean, it says here that it's with the intent of causing others to publicly profess their attraction. So it's all about, let me see how much comments I can bring in with this post. Mm-hmm. How much validation will this uh, post attract and garner into my inbox, DMs, and on the comment section, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is now a form of currency in this day and age. If any of you guys have ever had a professional dashboard, made your Instagram a professional account, you will see that there's a whole new category of Instagram that you're missing out on if you've never tried making your account professional. You can see the interactions of your account postings according to how many comments, how many likes you've received on a post and how many times your post has been shared or saved by users on the same platform as you. This is currency because brands are actually completely invested in acquiring people who have a great audience to further their brand's um, goals, right? According to digitalmarketinginstitute.com, 86% of women use social media for purchasing advice. And 70% of teenagers trust influence. Furthermore, Fashion Nova has literally more than six times over increased their public branding through acquiring women to repost their brand, their clothing, in a thirst trap type of shot. So titty shots, ass shots, swimsuits, bikinis, anything that's showing the woman's body in a provocative way in their clothes has been used in their branding and they will repost you if you hashtag them with the right look. So now that that's a currency. Imagine imagine someone out there does not know what an influencer is. How would you describe what an influencer is? You kind of did a little bit, but. I mean, the thing with it being an influencer is you're just somebody who's pretty much posting. I mean, what's an influencer at this point if you are listening to the podcast I don't know how you don't know what an influencer is essentially an influencer is just someone with a lot of followers it's really that simple to be honest because the currency of social media is how much engagement you have on your page how many people are posting reposting sharing and following you so an influencer is just a person with a lot of followers which is why thirst traps are heavily depended on to bring in more attention to bring in lots of eyes on you and to get more followers right okay what would you consider an influencer to be well I feel that there's different genres of influencers right so there's fashion influencers there are the health conscious influencers but overall it's people who have uh enough pull or enough influence to sell things. And I think that's how you garner that title. But it's interesting to think about how they are different than the traditional celebrity, which is what you had said with your statistic that teenagers trust influencers more than the traditional celebrity. Exactly. And again, influencers are actually helping brands grow a lot more than traditional marketing where Kate Moss is wearing their perfume or their ring like that. That whole style of marketing has pretty much become not obsolete, but it's it's definitely not the same as having like 
um, having maybe a person who has a big fan base. Now, this is a situation I have that I want to question. Someone like Megan Thee Stallion, someone like Cardi B, someone like, um, hmm. do you have anyone in mind, a celebrity who's popping right now? Mm. Who would you consider a popping celebrity? I'm only thinking of the Black rappers. I need to think of someone else, but I have no one in my head right now. A celebrity or an influencer? No, a celebrity girl who's really big on social media, like Hailey Bieber, hmm. right? Like, because Mike, what I'm trying to allude to here is, do celebrities cross over and become influencers? Because a lot of celebrities use social media heavily to promote not only their music, not only their brand, but they promote um, themselves as a human being and they open up their lives a lot on social media, on YouTube, on Instagram as a way to connect with their fans. And they do actually have huge followings. So yes, they are celebrities, but where, where do we draw the line between celebrity and influencer? Because they are, they're still different. You as an influencer aren't going to the Met Gala, mm-hmm. right? But you yeah. as Meg the Stallion with, you know, 8.2 million subscribers or whatever she has, you still technically would qualify as an influencer based on just your numbers and the amount of engagement you have on social media postings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So are influencers comparable to actors and rappers and music artists? I love the idea of an influencer because it's really about finding the person that you relate to most. And I feel like there's power in that as a consumer. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so great that there's so many different options of people that I can subscribe to. I think it's a very interesting place to be in right now because there is the, as I said before, the traditional idea of celebrity where um, you're a star and you're not accessible and we're not supposed to be able to relate to you. And the artists that are coming from that old school version of marketing, such as Beyonce or even Rihanna, they have not subjected themselves to becoming influencers. They have actually taken influencers (laughs) as, a middle, uh, I guess, trying to create a middle ground. So um, Rihanna, with her Savage Fenty show, she chose a lot of uh, people who are influencers. Even her choreographer, Paris, um, is very much a a influencer in the dance community. And she had had different people in her um, fashion show that I recognize from TikTok. And, um, and now with Beyonce's uh, Ivy Park, she has Haley, Haley Bieber as um, Haley Bieber as one of the models of the new, mm-hmm. the new line that she's putting out. And I have no mm-hmm. idea who Haley Bieber is. I know she's just, <laughs> but I have no idea. So again, that, that influencer is not for me. She's not going to help me or, you know, help me make the decision to buy uh, Beyonce's clothing. But I'm sure Beyonce was very calculated in choosing Hailey Bieber to sell her new line. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. Are influencers comparable to actors and 
people in the music industry? Are they really one and the same at this point? Where do we draw the line? Does a line need to be drawn? For example, um, would you prefer, <laughs> would you prefer to get your, your, um, your information and, and it's kind of hard to say, but do you prefer to be influenced by a celebrity who you don't relate to, that you don't know anything about, you don't know their personality, um, as opposed to a so-called influencer who has let you in to the life that they want you to, to see? For instance, look at Doja Cat. She's another great example. She is a celebrity. You know, these people can perform for, you know, award shows. So at that point to me, you're a celebrity. However, I mean, Doja Cat is very active on TikTok and, and on Instagram live. And she goes on live and she does interact with her fans. So to me, you're a celebrity, but you still come across very much like an influencer. So with these stats about teenagers trusting influencers more than celebrities, I feel like celebrities are leaning in towards becoming very influencer-like. They, they realize they now have to engage with their audience. It's not the way it was before, as you said earlier. So I think the lines are starting to become blurry. Mm -hmm. Right? So with that being said, as a regular person who's currently not in the music industry, as a person who's not with, you know, 10K plus followers, what's okay for me and what's not okay for me to post, right? If if someone like Lala Anthony decides to post the Busset Challenge, like Jordan Woods or Lala Anthony, as I said, will they be looked at as thirsty? Would that still be considered a thirst trap ver versus a woman next door who posts the Busset Challenge or the Silhouette Challenge? And furthermore, let's say now you you're in a relationship. If, if you were Angelina Jolie and you're married to Brad Pitt, if you made out with a guy for a movie screening, for a movie recording, a film, you would just say, that's part of the job, babe. I have to kiss this guy. I got to make out. That's in the script, right? But now as a celebrity or as an influencer, you, you can post provocative things and say, I'm doing it for my brand. I'm doing it to build my following. So when, when do we get to determine who's allowed to do what and get away with it and not be judged versus be judged? Because I don't think anyone looks at influencers and judges them the same critical way that they would judge the girl next door posting the same exact thing. But I feel like there's that weird line that's being crossed now where everyone feels like becoming an influencer is very possible for them. So they might do things that once upon a time would be considered very provocative, but now it's just kind of like, that's what's trendy and it's fine to do it. It's okay to be naked and do the silhouette challenge because everyone's doing it on Instagram anyway. I just want to have some fun. But I mean, you couldn't make out with a guy and say, I'm doing it. Like, it, it's not the same anymore, I feel. I feel like lines are being blurred as an influencer right now for what's acceptable for the regular people to do and what's acceptable for influencers to do. Yes, um, the lines are getting blurred, but I do feel that any professional person 
is aware of branding. And so, um, you know, there's all this controversy about uh, Chloe Bailey, who I, I think she's 21. Yes. I, I don't know much. <laughs> I don't know much about her, but I do know that um, many people were surprised to see her doing the busted challenge. She was, right. showing, she was showing a different side of her that um, many people had not seen. And I don't know if people were expecting that. And I don't know if, um, I don't know how that's going to affect her brand, but she obviously in doing that busset challenge has made a decision that she wants to introduce sex appeal into her brand. Right. And but remember, she's a part of a group. She's Chloe Bailey is a part of Chloe and Hallie, a singing group. Yes. But the other sister is not mm-hmm. doing the same things that Chloe is doing. Right. So she's making a, un- a unanimous decision for her brand, but she's a part of a brand that's not just with her. Like it's a duo. So what Chloe Bailey does does impact Chloe and Hallie as a brand. But she did, she participated in this challenge and now they're breaking up, they're separating as a group. Well, well the thing is they do separate gigs already. Like um, I think the sister is doing the Little Mermaid. I believe she's the voice actor on Little Mermaid. So they do do separate gigs, but they aren't actually going to separate music careers. Mm-hmm. But they do separate work, yes. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, Chloe Bailey has the right, like, according, to, based on what I'm seeing, someone like her posting the Busset Challenge is the same as another, you know, person in the spotlight doing it. But now, what if you see your next door neighbor doing it? Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I say it's everything is not for everyone. And so Chloe Bailey did it and it is controversial. People have polarized opinions about it. And and so she is not like everyone else because people did not see that as part of her branding. Right. But I mean, she's still someone in the spotlight. It's not like she's a regular person or something she's already an entertainer. So I feel like entertainers get passes that regular people don't. You, you're an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? You can go on stage in a bra and a panty and make it fashion. <laughs> a regular person couldn't do that. It would never, there wouldn't be a debate about, was it, was it fashion? Did she make it fashion? If your thong was out in a backless dress, like that would just be considered, you're a thought. Mm. For a regular girl. But as an entertainer, you're allowed to be a lot more risque. Whether it's a part of your brand or not, that's that's questionable, of course. But I mean, now there's the blurred lines of who's an entertainer, who's not, who gets to do the more risque things and not be judged for it, and who's a thought. I think that anyone who's doing risky things or risque things is going to be judged. And once you put yourself out there doing a sexualized challenge um my question I would have to question is what purpose does that serve other than a self-indulgent purpose and so which is fine like it's very good to look at yourself and like what you see and celebrate that so there's nothing wrong with it but if you do do that and you post it um it is 
very much ego serving and we all do it so it's not we all do it in some sort of aspect um you know it may not be posting our bodies it could be posting a meal that we made and we're really proud of it or it could be that we you know we bought a new car and we got it all all the it has all the nice features and and we take a picture of it so there's different ways that we are serving our ego in the things that we post on social media but okay. you know we have our our um we have our <laughs> i'm trying to jazz jagmeet singh is our is he, what is his role jagmeet singh is he's an NDP leader he's an mp <laughs> and yeah okay He's an MP and he's very active on TikTok, mm -hmm. but he certainly does not participate in the sexualized challenges. Okay, he, but he's not an entertainer. But we're talking about influencers. He's technically right. Influencer. But, but he's not an entertainer. So that's the difference, right? So as an entertainer, do you get a pass? So all of this to say this, there has been recent backlash for the whole um, silhouette challenge. A couple of things that have happened is, first of all, the internet has found a way to remove the red filter and thereby show things that people didn't necessarily want to be exposed. Some people recorded naked, some people wore a bra and panty, and after a couple edits, you can see their whole body in a bra and panty or possibly naked. There was a woman who posted the silhouette challenge and she was dumped over it. Her man left her and said no woman of mine will do this and she said i'm just trying to have fun it's it's all over instagram you like those posts i've seen you liking girls posts in the silhouette challenge why can't i do that so is he insecure or is she out of order mm -hmm. if he if men are consistently engaging with these thirst trap posts these busted challenges leaving googly eyes and silhouette challenges like reposting and sharing why now when the girl next door does it does she get called a thought it's it i guess my hypothesis is because we are not entertainers because he can like beyonce posting that if she posted it of course everyone's gonna get to get a little bit of hate for sure no doubt but as an entertainer you get some passes that a regular person wouldn't get Mm -hmm. But I don't like, I don't think that there are passes for people who are not in entertainment. I think that the appeal of the challenges that are circulating is that anyone can do them. You can do the challenge and share it with just your friends and you guys can all have a laugh. And then, you know, there are people who are doing the challenges and they're going viral because they're making it, uh, comedic or they're doing a parody of the challenges and so that in my opinion is what is the appeal and 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 what is the popularity of the challenges and so if it is a so-called thirst trapping challenge i feel like whatever negative connotation that would apply to a entertainer to an entertainer would also apply to a lay person or someone who's not in the industry well and i mean i don't think jordan woods got dumped after she posted her busted challenge she's with carl towns right now he's a player on the nba team but a regular guy might break up with his girlfriend and say you're embarrassing why are you posting that 
So like, do you think he was insecure for breaking up with his girlfriend after she posted a silhouette challenge? I think that every relationship should set boundaries. And if that, if her doing that is outside of, of the boundaries that he feels is appropriate for their relationship, that's their situation. I don't think that that's a general application. And I don't know if he's insecure. I don't know what his motivation was behind that. But at the end of the day, she should be happy because if she thought that doing the challenge was a harmless um, action, then she's better off finding someone who will want to participate in challenges with her. There's this whole thing on, on social media of girlfriends forcing their boyfriends to participate in challenges <laughs> yeah. that they don't want to participate in. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's better off because she could find a boyfriend that will, will be very proud of her and happy for her doing those things. And I do think that there are relationships like that where, you know, a boyfriend would be like, you go girl, you got... 400 likes on that you know Mm -hmm. so it all depends (laughs) okay so some questions for you do you feel like there is pressure to appear single on social media I feel like that's very much again part of your brand So if your brand is a family-oriented brand, so if you are similar to Ciara and her husband, who their entire um, their entire online persona is um, based on we have a family and you can have this family too, and we're happy. That's their whole brand. And that's also the brand of, for example, Tiana Taylor and Iman Shepard. So there's a whole bunch of people that have that brand. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I feel like that's the way we're moving with influencers, where it's this, you can have it all. You can have a career, you can have a good personal life, and you can have a family. Whereas before, again, the traditional way of marketing was to to appear single it was very important for not for not for anyone to know your relationship status so um to answer your question i would say that it's actually the opposite where people are encouraged to show their relationships because it is part of the uh the millennial emphasis on you can have it all you can do everything and be great at it well According to a lot of women, they do say that once they post their boyfriends, their follower accounts drop and their engagement on photos drop. Um, That's what women typically find from my experience from talking to friends and talking to the boyfriends of girls. They say like, once she posted me, she says that guys started moving a little different. Maybe she stopped getting the DMs, things like that, which is normal. I think that's good. They respect the relationship, but women may feel a little hesitant to do that because like overall it's a less, it's less engagement for her on her social media brand. If she has hopes of being an influencer, right? I mean, on the contrary, men actually find that if they do post their partner, they typically get more engagement and more DMs from women. 
interested in them. It seems that men find that when a girl, when they claim a woman on their social media platform, women all of a sudden take more interest in getting to know them. Is that surprising? Uh, it's surprising. It's surprising. <laughs> I, I'm not, I mean, I find that extremely disturbing. <laughs> It's you find it disturbing that women like to see men with girlfriends, but men then like slide in their DMs. Girlfriends, <laughs> yeah, wants like to think, oh, ooh, he has a girl. Dang, I should go talk to him. Let me go check on him. How is he doing? You wait till the man is in a relationship to start wanting to get to know him. Dang, <laughs> that's what that's what a few men have told me, and I'm a little surprised, but. Um, I've had the, I've heard it enough times to be like okay interesting I do know for sure girls they find that like they'll lose a little bit of they won't get the same amount of likes after they start posting guys on their page anyone they're dating it typically is bad for them in terms of like male engagement for sure is it a, is it a representation issue for example there are so many of these pages on Instagram about black love interracial love <laughs> that mm -hmm. I can't stand oh you can't stand it I cannot stand it but there are so many of these um Instagram pages and a lot of YouTube channels dedicated to that so is it an issue of representation where women like to see a man um show off his woman because it's a reminder that one of those exists <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a there's a market for that. That's the single women who are a little maybe sad or trying to stay hopeful. You know, there's a shout out to the page on Instagram called me and somebody's son. That page I follow. It took me a while to get on board, but I was like, okay, it's cute. I'll follow. Yeah, but it, it does strange. keep the hope alive, you know? Those are so, pages are so strange to me. <laughs> no, no, no. Because you know why? This is what it is. Posting a partner on social media has become a business. Um, there's lots of YouTube channels and YouTube uh, and um, Instagram channels where couples are always posting together. They do pranks on one another. That's a new brand in itself where families are posting them themselves, their kids, their day-to-day -day life, their vlog misses for Christmas time, which are Christmas blogs. So that is a brand in itself of couple accounts where people can live vicariously through that couple. Maybe you're a little lonely, you're a little single, and you're kind of like living your dream through that couple. You envision yourself as that woman or you that man. You know the funny thing? Like, I am not living vicariously through other people, but shout out to Meet the Mitchells family, Wayne Marshall and, and Tammy Chin, because I watched <laughs> that show like it is the Brady Bunch. And the Grimwad family that's based in England so mm. I need to evaluate yeah so that Grimwad family they have like six children they are just awesome mm. so I need to evaluate what part of my psyche is being stimulated by these yeah because I do watch the family shows I do love all the shows that have the children in them but I do not like the Instagram pages of like <laughs> the couple <laughs> pages but really because yeah. I watch Dem and Ika Dimitri and Ika are from Big Brother Canada and yeah, I, know. I have stand them so hard I show all my friends I'm like they're so cute together I actually met Ika in real life she's from Thornhill um and she's so sweet and I just feel like they're such a cute couple and they have such good hearts 
And I just find myself so drawn into them. And I just shout out to them because they just bought shout out to them. I didn't want yeah, they... to house. Oh, they just bought a house too. And it's like, oh my God. And I feel like I know them, but I don't know them. It's like, right. it's like this familiarity, but they're a stranger. And I think that's what influencers all try to achieve. It's like, you want people to feel like they know you, but of course they don't know. And it's a little scary because when things start to crumble, not to wish any bad on anyone, but if things start to crumble, there's a lot of backlash, like Diara and Ken, um, Aaliyah J and her boyfriend, Aaliyah J and her man just got back together. And a lot of people say to them, you know what, Aaliyah J at least, you are, you are a makeup influencer before you're a relationship brand. Stop worrying about your relationship. Stop putting it out on social media. And people start to ask a lot of questions when the relationship brand starts to fall apart. If it falls apart, God forbid, now you have to post a video on why me and so-and-so broke up. How invasive is that? Do you, do you feel like we are owed an explanation? (laughs) It's like, you know what? I don't believe that. But then I feel like people are so entitled and because you put it out there now you have to suffer the, the, you know, the reactions. Cause I mean, even there's even this big stigma of like, Oh, I'm not posting no man till he's my husband. Right. Like, and I am starting to subscribe to that mentality. Growing up, I used to post my man shamelessly. Like I was that girl, like, yes, me and my best friend, me and my boo, I love him. And now I'm like, you know what? The trauma of taking down those posts when the relationship fails is a little too much for me. People be like, girl, what happened to your man? Oh my God, are you okay? Because I'll see the post. You know, I used to post subliminals of the breakup. I was doing the most on Instagram. (laughs) So people start asking what happened and you feel a little obligated because I mean, they see the posts are gone. They see the pictures are gone. You wiped your Instagram clean and you feel a little dumb. Right. And you really shouldn't feel dumb. I do not feel like that's something to be ashamed of because you you cannot go into love with the fear that something's going to go wrong. See, no, no, nobody's saying that. But well, how we. could you feel shame? How could you feel shame or embarrassment because you posted someone who was very important to your life at the time and you had to take them down later? Why do you feel ashamed? Because it's another moment of failure that you're publicly sharing with the world. Nobody wants to share their failure with the world. Just like um anyone on Biggest Loser who lost 100 plus pounds, a lot of them have gained weight back, the weight back. Yeah. And after that, they go into hiding because once you're publicly celebrated to be then go and fail at the same thing you were celebrated for causes a lot of shame and this is why there's the phrase if you live for their acceptance you'll die by their rejection it'll hurt so much more to know the reason you're placed on the pedestal you've lost that reason so what are you valued for now do you see any merit in someone who for example did um go through that situation of being celebrated for something such as losing weight and now they fluctuated um is there any merit in them being transparent and being honest even though people are going to rip them apart but um in showing that struggle and and sharing that story and taking us on the journey of of the weight going up and down is there any any Mm -hmm. merit in that Um, I think, no, in my opinion, (laughs) 
in my opinion, it's a really, it's a sticky situation. When those type of things happen to you, it's a sticky situation, man. I'm telling you right now, the best thing you can do is take your wins in private. Because if things turn around and the pendulum swings the other way, there's nothing more embarrassing than everybody seeing the thing that you were celebrated for no longer being true. It's just an embarrassing feeling and it's very shameful and it's not good for your mental health. And, and that is why I feel with like being an influencer typically will actually destroy your identity. There's way too much room for comparison. Social media typically affects um, male and female body image. And it, it's, you're an influencer, but what are you influencing, right? What are you truly influencing? You're, you're influencing how perfect and polished and great you are. So what does that do for others? It says, it makes them say, oh, wow, I want to be like them. That's why they follow you because they want to be like you, right? So what does that mean for the, your audience? It means a part of them aspires to be like you, which means indirectly they're comparing. They're comparing themselves to you. They see the gap between where you are and where they are. Hmm. And they're just striving to become something closer to what you are. Which in how, technically, I don't think that's that. I don't think it's that healthy, especially in this generation where there is so much oversaturation of content. That's why I feel like we're at a stage now where having a natural body is, is actually more rare than having a fake body. I mean, people celebrate Megan Thee Stallion for not having surgery. Regina Carter got her boobs and her 360 lipo after a couple months ago saying she won't change anything. It's just so hard now to want to be natural when you're constantly bombarded by influence of perfection, influence of plastic makes perfect. Mm -hmm. This will definitely become a greater issue as, uh, you know, the the younger generation, these teenagers um, grow up, we'll definitely see how, what are the long-term effects of how we engage with social media, you know, of course, there's already many, many studies about um, the psychological effects of the instant gratification and validation that people get from social media. But mm -hmm. I think with this topic that we're discussing, we are discussing um, the connection that we have to people who have a great influence online and I think that this will be very interesting and, and um, there will be more people studying and analyzing what are the long-term effects of, of the so-called influencer. Right. Are we going, are we doing too much to go viral and score influencer status? That's a question to ask not only yourself, but maybe your close friends around you. I think at this point of life, I think all of us know at least one friend who maybe trying to score influencer status so check up on them see how their mental health is it's definitely not easy out here trying to become someone of influence and it, it breeds really toxic views on yourself never feeling like you're enough mm -hmm. wanting to be almost superhuman and then once you become an influencer being afraid of the downfall Right. I don't I don't think that um, 
being an influencer only results in negative consequences. Um, I think that if once you're participating in social media, you need to have an awareness of how it's affecting you. Um, I know that I had to take a break uh, halfway through COVID because of the traumatic images that were consistently being shown to me, which are important, but I had to have an awareness that I needed to take a break. That that's that was the middle of 2020. I need to take a break from social media. And so you have to have that awareness as a consumer. And those who have taken on an influencer role, they also need to assess their own mental health. But um, I do believe that it's not all negative for influencers and um, you know, you and I, in a, there's a way in which we would wanna be an influencer as well. You know, we just have different motivations and different intentions and different goals with what we're doing. Um, you know, with what we're doing with our podcast, we're trying to build a community, we're trying to share information and we're trying to uh, be a voice um, that maybe doesn't, get a lot of light or a lot of attention you know as first generation Canadians living in Toronto there's a you know there's a lot um that we could share and so um I feel like being an influencer is not always the worst thing I think the goal of the podcast for me is simply to open the discussion uh, stimulate your mind think about things you might never have thought about before reflection, self-reflection, yes, perception possibly to, to be changed or altered. There's so much times that people don't have enough stimulating conversations. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of content on the internet that is mindless. So to engage someone's ability to think and engage with themselves is a huge motivating factor for why I do this with you. We definitely want to hear your opinion. Please let us know what you think about influencers versus celebrities. And with these challenges, what does it mean to you? Uh, what do you think is the long-term consequences of those that participate in these challenges mm -hmm. well, yeah do do you feel that social media negatively affects relationships it it's a common search on google it's a common conception that i hear from friends what do you think let us know and stay tuned for the next episode of reasons for rose lauren signing off and t bells is saying goodbye have a good week <laughs>